Year after year, one of the most consistent items on my do something list is to have fun with fashion. Exploring my personal style has added more joy to my everyday life and helped me feel more like myself on the regular. However, I have found that there are some brands I would love to explore more, but they are out of my typical price range, or there's the it item that I would love to try out, but without the commitment of keeping it. Enter Armoire. With a clothing rental membership from Armoire, you can build the perfect wardrobe with brands that are high quality, unique, and recommended just for you. All you have to do is take a five minute style quiz and select items from your dynamic personalized closet. The styles show up at your door in as little as two days. Then when you're ready for new clothes, just swap them out for more new to you styles. I just did my quiz and have selected a few dresses for the summer from Bowdoin, one of my favorite brands that I can't typically afford. And I also got a double-breasted black blazer from a new-to-me designer, a classic item that I have been on the hunt for but too scared to commit to until I know it's the one. For you expecting mamas, for those who are working or those who are style-obsessed, who want to switch out your wardrobe with quality pieces without the designer prices, check out this woman-owned company that has your style and your sustainability in mind. Right now, my listeners can give Armoire a try and get up to 50% off their first month. That's up to $125 off. Just visit armoire.style slash progress. That's armoire.style, A-R-M-O-I-R-E dot style slash progress to get up to 50% off your first month and never worry about what to wear again. Try Armoire today. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Do you think you'll be happier once you are in control, have ownership, and are independent? You're wrong. You are listening to About Progress, and this is episode 160, Ditch the Lies You Think Are Making You Happy with Richard Iyer. Welcome to About Progress. I am your host, Monica Packer, and I am here to guide you toward living the life you want. Each week, you'll hear interviews and teachings on how to balance self-development with self-acceptance. Listen in and join our community that knows life is about progress, not perfection. I am so glad you are here today to hear from one of my personal heroes, Richard Iyer, Way back when I had my first child, I decided I needed to know everything about parenting, and that led me to Richard and Linda Iyer. I devoured the book they wrote called Entitlement Trap and many others. Richard and his wife Linda have co-authored many books and articles, and they are known as parenting and family and value experts all over the world, and they even have been on Oprah. And you know how much I love Oprah. Richard is here to discuss how we have it all wrong when it comes to what we think will bring us happiness. 
Society wants us to believe that we will be happiest when we are in control, have ownership, and are independent. The paradox here though is that these are the very things that lead us away from happiness. Richard fell into this paradox himself and learned a higher way throughout his life, and this is what he calls the happiness paradigm. This is essentially the opposite of the paradox. Instead of control, ownership, and independence, we should seek for what Richard is going to teach us about today. Lucky for you, this is just a taste of what Richard has to teach on this topic. He has written an entire book called The Happiness Paradigm, and I have read it and I love it. The, the whole idea of this happiness book, Monica, is to try to take a very complicated subject, namely happiness and well-being, and simplify it down to where we're basically saying, look, there's three things, three attitudes, three sort of mindsets, which we're all doing because we all think they'll bring us happiness. And guess what? We're wrong. They don't bring us happiness. Control, ownership, and independence are not the things to pursue. There's a little teaser for you. Uh, we're going to go way more into this, but if you want to learn even more and in more depth, Richard has generously offered this book for you for half price and free shipping when you use the code MONICAFRIEND in all caps, and you have to find that through the link I've provided for you in my show notes, which you can find at aboutprogress.com slash Richard Iyer. Before we dive into the interview, let's hear from our sponsors that make this podcast possible. I have some good news for you and some bad news, but let's start with the bad news. The bad news is that we sold out all the tickets to my Rediscover You workshop in Utah. But the good news is that I've opened 10 more spots, although those are already being taken as well. I want you, the members of this podcast community, to hop on that because if we sell out before my final day of selling tickets, which is April 23rd, I'm not going to open up any more spots this time. I want this workshop to be very intimate. This is not about smashing a room full as many people as we can. This is about creating an opportunity and space for women to learn and to be heard. My guest speakers are Meg Miles from Momstrong, Utah, and Jamie Cook from Wandering Scout, and we are going to be talking about how to find yourself again in all things progress, mindset, and motherhood. We would love for you to be there. This is a full-day event with gourmet food and a lovely gift bag, and it will be held on May 4th at Thanksgiving Point in Utah. And you can find out more on my website, aboutprogress.com slash rediscoveryou. One of our lovely sponsors for Rediscover You, and by extension, this podcast is Loom Journals. If you are looking for the way to better peek into your child's mind and heart, get this journal. Loom inspires parent-child connection via a beautifully designed journal for you to write back and forth with your kid. And it includes incredible prompts, get to know you activities, and memory keepers. I bought this myself and have used it with my oldest daughter for many months with great success. So much so that I actually recently bought three more to gradually start using with my younger kids as well. I love to surprise my daughter when she gets home from school with my most recent entry for her to read and then reply back to. Loom Journals has very generously given only the members of the About Progress community an amazing discount code. So it's 15% off with the code ABOUTPROGRESS in all caps, one word. 
And you can find that through the link in my show notes, which are on my website, aboutprogress.com slash Richard Iyer. There is a timeline here. The code expires May 10th. So again, about progress for 15% off for Loom Journals. I only partner with the people and companies that I believe in and support myself separate from this podcast. If you want to support the show, support our sponsors. Thank you so much. If you know anything about the Ayers, you will know that Richard is a high achiever and all about growth and progress. That is why I love him coming on the show today to talk more about how he and his wife and their children have learned that there's a different way to happiness and even achievement. What you are going to hear today is how Richard escaped the happiness paradox that he thought was leading to happiness but wasn't and found a higher way. His book, The Happiness Paradigm, is very personal that way. It includes Richard's missteps and thinking as he was choosing happiness with more, more, more. Someone asked me the other day if I if I ever planned to write an autobiography, and I said no, but I said the closest I'll ever come is this book on happiness because it really is my story. I mean, yes. I listen, I was if you'd known me as a as a young Harvard Business School guy you would have seen the epitome of a type A person who thought he had the world by the tail and I wanted to control everything. I wanted to own everything Mm -hmm. and I wanted to be completely independent. And it took a lot of years for me to realize that those very three things I was seeking because I thought they would bring happiness were actually the things that were robbing Mm -hmm. happiness away from me. This is like a lifetime process for me to learn that. Oh, I loved how honest you were too about your own imperfections along the way and how you learned how you didn't want to be because of how you were and how you engaged with the world and how you saw others engaging with the world and recognizing there was a different way to be happy. So how about you introduce that for people first? What in your mind is happiness and how do we have it wrong? Well, you know, this this may be an oversimplified definition, Monica, but happiness involves being in the present. It involves being in the now. And we live in a world where um, we are so obsessed with goals and plans and with trying to achieve things and with trying to make a good impression and so on that we're almost constantly trying to change who we are and where we are and what we're doing. And all that works against our happiness. I mean, and I'm not the first person that's ever thought of that. I was just listening today, in fact, to a uh, Oprah's Soul podcast, and she was talking to Eckhart Tolle about mm-hmm. staying in the present. And the present is really all there is. There really is no future. It never comes and so on. But that's all theory. And for me, the problem was that I, I just, by nature, am a really aggressive person, and I I wanted to be in control, I, mm-hmm. you know, and I wanted to have ownership of things and, and I wanted to be independent. And those three things are the most enmeshed societal goals we, we could possibly imagine. I mean, every, yeah. if you if you ask 100 people, we've done this with the speaking audiences, you, if you ask 100 people, uh, is, 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 um, you know, control a good thing. They'll all raise their hands and say, yes. Mm -hmm. Is ownership a good thing? They'll all say, yes. Is independence a good thing? They'll all say yes. And they are, all three of those things are useful economically. I mean, you know, you, and, and, and to some extent, emotionally, you want to have control of yourself and of your emotions. You want to 
own enough to be self-sufficient and not have to rely on other people. And you want to be somewhat independent economically. But the problem is we carry them too far. We start wanting to control other people. We want to control every little detail of our lives. We become control freaks and that sucks away our happiness. And then we want to own everything. I mean, the old joke, I'm not greedy. All I want is the land next to mine. You know, we always want more. My favorite quote from E.E. E. Cummings is, <laughs> excuse the French on this one, but I got to quote him exactly. He Go said, more, more, more. My hell, what are we all becoming? Morticians? <laughs> <laughs> I love that one. Yeah. And, you know, everyone wants more. And then we think we want independence, but independence is a lonely thing. What Mm -hmm. we should want is interdependence. So Mm -hmm. the bottom line for me, the whole story of this book was during my the passing time of my life, I look back on it now and it's been a gradual pulling away from control, ownership and independence. And Then I got to a point a few years ago where I said to myself, I need, it's not enough to just give up something. I've got to have something to go to. I've got to have an alternative attitude for each of those three things. And that's when I started delving into this whole idea of what what attitudes really do bring happiness. And that's what led to the book. And I love that still action and focus oriented. There is an end uh, to this means, you know, but one that it never it does end, you know, as you mentioned. And in your book, you said, I'm going to quote you here, but part of the problem in our society, and that's my own interjection, is that woven in and wound around our society's accepted thinking is the dangerously stiff and brittle thread of quantity. And I wanted to tie that into busyness, how we're all so busy. I mean, I think that's the common phrase you hear from people when you say, how are you? I'm so busy. I'm so busy. Yeah. yeah, And people get so caught up in that in their own lives, but also pursuing that, looking for that quantity over true happiness. So when you were growing into this own realization in your own life and also writing this book, How do you think our busyness is getting in the way of our true fulfillment? And at what cost is that coming? That's a great question, Monica. And I know a lot of your listeners are are moms, young moms Mm -hmm. in many cases. And and frankly, no one is more busy than, than, than moms with children and trying to do oftentimes careers and other things on top of it. And you also made a funny comment that when you wrote to me, you emailed me that most of your audiences, you said, recovering perfectionists. Yep. <laughs> and, I, and I think that ties in, too. If you're, if you're busy and you're a perfectionist at the same time, you know, it goes back to um, I did an earlier book that I drew on a little in this book, and it, it was called Turning Old Clichés into New Maxims. And, you know, your, your mom and my mom and we as parents probably say to our kids, if a thing's worth doing, it's worth doing well, you know? Yes. And and we turned that cliche around and said, you know, if a thing's just barely worth doing, then just barely do it. In other words, don't <laughs> kill yourself over everything. Take some shortcuts and, yeah. and cut out some things and learn how to simplify Ooh. and take a little time for yourself. That's another old cliche. Um, I'll bet your mom also said to you, um, 
don't just sit there, do something, you know? Yes. And we turn, we turn now and ride around and say, don't just do something, sit there. Mm-hmm. Sit for a minute and think about what you're doing and does it really matter? And do you have to do all these things that are driving you crazy? Are there some ways to simplify what really matters? And why don't we just stick with the things that really do matter? So is that what people who are listening can start with when they're thinking about what am I doing with my life? How am I spending my days and how am I getting caught into this trap? And the way you get around that is thinking about what really matters to me. What really matters? Exactly. And because we all know the answer to that. I mean, it's our relationships that matter. So when you when you took stock of that with even as a family, I mean, what what has shifted for you as you're raising your family? And and what did you begin to focus on more? I mean, I like how you turned those phrases around for your children. But what was the outcome of that? Well, I think it drew us a lot closer as a family. Now, it doesn't come without a price. Mm-hmm. I mean, we we decided fairly early on that we were not going to um, try to impress anyone and not try to conform to all the norms. And We took our kids out of school probably more than you would imagine imagine just mm-hmm. to do trips or to do things that we thought would be good for them and and the school would always complain and so on and, and we developed a little motto in the family that went like this um, never let school interfere with your education yeah <laughs> <laughs> so we can see here why we have happiness wrong but what is the alternative where and what should we be seeking instead well let's start with control what do we do instead of seeking control? Where you want to end up is you want to say, what is a better attitude than control? And the answer is serendipity. And, and, what is, and I'll get to the other two in a minute, but let me spend a second on that one because that was my personal that's, favorite. I, well, and I started while, you know, I was a graduate student in Boston at Harvard and thought I was such a cool guy and I had mm-hmm. this. Yeah. professor who um, I idolized this one professor because he was so proactive and he, he would say things to me like, never be surprised. <laughs> if you're, if you were ever surprised, that means you didn't do sufficient contingency planning. You should always be in charge. You should huh. always act, never react. And I just thought the guy walked on water. Yeah. And then here's, here's a kind of an interesting story. I, between my two years there, I went to work as an intern for an airline and I happened to go to Hawaii, which was kind of a lucky deal. And while I was there, I met a couple, <laughs> a real bona fide Hawaiian couple named Rusty and Honey. Yep. And I hung out with them a little bit and, and I suddenly realized these people are the exact opposite of this professor because they're not, you know, what they're doing is they're enjoying the moment and they're, they're living every day in the present and they're enjoying life. And I just started, I started thinking of my whole life as a kind of a, uh, who do I want to be? Do I want to be this professor Livingstone at Harvard or do I want to be rusty, you know? Mm -hmm. And I, and I went back and forth and then one day, make a long story short, I discovered uh, a new word. I'd never heard the word serendipity before. It was actually the name of a singing group, the serendipity singers. I got curious about the word. I looked it up in the dictionary and I, it was like a, it was like an epiphany for me because the definition was 
Serendipity is a state of mind Mm -hmm. whereby a person, through awareness and sensitivity, frequently finds something better than the thing he was seeking. And I thought, wow, I can be I can be Professor Livingstone. I can have goals and I can work hard and be a an achiever. But if I can just be sensitive and aware enough that I notice if there's something better, I notice if there's an opportunity I hadn't planned or a relationship that I couldn't have planned. And if I'm smart enough to peel off to that and say, this is more important. So again, the definition, you know, being able to, to notice things that are more important than the things you're pursuing, that flexibility, see that ability to, to not always judge yourself by what everyone else is doing. That's, I think that's what started the change in me. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. And, you know, that's why serendipity was my favorite mindset you talked a lot about, not only because of the history you go into about that word alone and what it meant for you in your own life, but I just found myself really curious about how someone like you who is so goal-minded and forward-seeking and um, progressive personally in your own development is also able to not hinge each day's success and your own worth on all the outcomes that you were after. And you really go into how to still have goals without over planning. Well, I think, I think, I think that part of it's actually really simple, Monica. What you do is you change your definition of what a successful day is. Mm-hmm. I mean, most of us, and, and the way I was in those days, and most of us are this way, we, we say, well, a successful day is when I check everything off my list. Mm-hmm. You know, I get everything done. And and uh, so you change your definition and you say, no, actually, that's kind of a boring day. That means all you did is the things that you had control over and that you thought you could do. How about a different definition where you say a great day is a time when I have goals and I and I work at them, but I'm aware enough that I find some things that are better mm-hmm. than the goal I set. And it might be something as simple as a, a beautiful sunset or a child who who needs you and you get a teaching moment with that child or, or an old friend who calls you on the phone. These are, these are things you can't plan. But if, and and if you're a type a sort of charging control oriented person, you actually resent those things. You know what I'm saying, Monica? Mm -hmm. It's like, Oh no, this friend called me. I don't have time for him. I will not get my list done, you Mm -hmm. know, or, Oh, this kid, this kid needs me now. And he's asking these questions. I don't have time for that. That's not on my list. 
You know, and think how ridiculous that is. So it's a matter of changing your definition and saying, wait a second, I can, I can put off some of these things on my list because this child won't be here asking me a question tomorrow. This is now. I need to do this now. And so it's sort of putting the now ahead of all these little goals that you've set for yourself and being willing I call it the serendipity line, being willing to jump over the serendipity line and be on the unplanned side for a little while. And then after you've done that, you go back to your list and keep on working. And, you know, you described this so well that I was able to recognize that this is very much why I think I feel so much happier and fulfilled in my own life. Because before I was similar to you, very type A, but almost because I thought that's what I should be in order to be successful. Right. And right. as I've yeah, as I've gotten older and I realized that came at such a high cost, um, and it was interfering with my life actually, instead of allowing me to grow and really develop and enjoy my life, I've kind of shifted right. more to you know, we label these too much like type A, type B, like there is a spine, there's there's strong line between, but I think playing with both is what has led to a far more fulfilling and rich life for me. And I've seen that in your story as well. Well, it's great that you said that because it, it, that's why I call it the serendipity line. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not, yeah. you don't want to stay on one side the whole time. You want to be able to cross over that line and and that, that's what makes life so fun. That's what makes life an adventure. And when you say to yourself, wait a minute, ownership, what, what do we really own anyway? You know, do we really, you know, things pass through our hands. Or if you're a religious person, you say, God owns everything anyway. I'm just using them. I'm a steward. You know, I, I, I'm not an owner. I'm a steward. And the minute you make that shift, Monica, everything looks different to you. I mean, when you're mentality you're always comparing I like to think of it as a tree if you have two trees and one's called ownership and one's called stewardship the limbs that grow on that ownership tree are usually pride jealousy condescension maybe um, envy all those things we don't want any of those but that's what grows if your if your paradigm is is ownership but the minute you shift and say no I actually don't own anything I just have some things I'm have responsibility for. I'm a steward over them. And now instead you're, you're growing limbs on your tree of humility and tolerance and um, encouragement for other people, you know, and it, it just starts to become wonderful. And then it starts applying to your family, right? I mean, the worst parents I know are the ones who think they own their kids, mm-hmm. right? Wow. I own them. I, I made them. I can, they have to do what I want them to do. They have to be what I want them to be. That's just a recipe for disaster. And a stewardship parent would say, I need to figure out who this kid is. He's different than me. What are his gifts? What are his interests? What are his propensities? Not not what I want him to be, but what he really is. Because I'm a steward over him. You know, everything changes. We've covered control, beaten by serendipity, Ownership by stewardship. So what about independence? Well, Richard made up a word for this one, synergicity. So talk to me about synergicity. I love that you came up with this term because why not? I mean, that's part of what you're talking about here. Well, it's it's vulnerability, Monica. Mm-hmm. I mean, people people think they don't want to be vulnerable. They want to be independent. I don't want to need anyone but myself. 
And that's just not only lonely, it's sort of egotistical. I mean, we, we need other people. And I think that's where the, that's the, it's that third exchange, that third new attitude where the family and, and all of our deepest relationships really come into play. I mean, all of us who are married, we wish for a synergistic marriage. We, we, we want to depend on, I think one of the most joyful trade-offs in the world is when you willfully and joyfully and deliberately trade your independence for interdependence. That's what, that's what the best marriages are. That's, I want to depend on you. I want you to depend on me. I want us to depend on each other. And it's, it's vulnerable, but it's also wonderful. If I have someone who's listening to this show and they, these all sound like what they want to build towards and work on, um, what is one way they could start that would kind of start this domino effect for them that would build into these three areas of this happiness uh, paradigm that you were talking about to us? Well, I, you know, we've actually, we speak on this a lot around the world, Monica, and what we've found is that um, there's no silver bullet. It's not, there's not like one yeah. little thing you can do, but, mm-hmm. but what really matters, you've got to, the hardest thing for people is to break away from control and ownership and independence. That's the hardest thing because, you know, if you're 40 years old and you've spent your whole adult life pursuing those things, you want to defend them. You don't want to admit that they've been the wrong attitudes to have. And so it's a very difficult thing. And, and for several years, we taught Linda and I, my wife and I would speak just on the negative. We'd just say, you've got to get rid of control. It's not going to help you. You've got to get, it's a, it's a false attitude. You don't really control anything. And then you've got to get rid of ownership. It's just not a true principle and so on. And, and it, it wasn't where, I mean, you know, people would agree with us. They'd nod their head, but they had nowhere to go. And yeah. so nothing would really change. It wasn't until we were able to sort of frame these three alternatives and say, okay, look, set them up side by side. Let's think about control and then let's think about serendipity. Which one do you really want? And then when people could see it in that way, ah, I want this one. Now they've got a positive place to move to. So what we basically say in the book is once you're convinced that control is not something that you're going to be able to have as much as you thought you wanted it. Once you're at that point, just don't, you don't have to think about it anymore. Just then shift to serendipity and put all your effort into thinking about this new thing that you do want to have mm-hmm. and be positive about going out and getting it. So you're not focusing on what you're missing and what you used to do. You're focusing on what you want and how the you're new going to you, cultivate that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's a, it's all inner, as you can tell. I mean, it's all. Yeah. I like to think of it as the new you. Whoever you've been in the past, that's fine. Don't feel guilty about it. You've done the best. You've probably done a lot of good things, but there's a better way. There's a higher way. It's the new you. And if you get that fixed in your mind, that begins to be like a magnet and just pulls you more and more toward it. Well, Richard, I would love if we could end by you painting a picture of this before and after uh, uh, for you. And I know this isn't like a, a switch, you know, you can flip and there is this 
definable time where you were a before and after, but you're your own kind of new you. So can you tell us a little bit about, you know, maybe what, when you were caught and, and this, this uh, paradox here and then how you were, and, and how you were able to work through that and the outcome of it too. Well, I would just say that the biggest change in, in a person who goes from the, the three deceivers, as we call them, control, ownership, and independence, over to serendipity, stewardship, and synergicity, the biggest change is that you're vastly more aware of your relationships mm-hmm. and you start measuring things more by quality than by quantity. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. I mean control and ownership and, and uh, independence, they're all about quantity. And, and that's what we're getting away from. We're, we're, we're now moving from achievements to relationships. We still have to work. We still have to struggle. We still have to try to achieve things. But, but when we feel relationships are our, our final goal, that's the paradigm that we want to shift to. And that's what happened to me. I mean, I, you know, I, I care a, a tiny fraction uh, as much as I used to about my resume and about what I've accomplished and about what other people think of me and what awards I've had. And so, and I think vastly more about how, what my relationship is with my wife and with my children, and with my, even with my friends. So I think that's the biggest shift. And mm-hmm. I sent you an email. I don't know if you got it before this thing, but I'm, I'm I kind of hope you didn't because I want to give you a little gift or a little surprise. I talked to no, my I publisher didn't. today. I'm so sorry. Tell me what you said. Well, I talked to my publisher today, and I got a deal worked out where if people want to get into this book, the Happiness Paradigm, they can now get it for half price, but they have to use the code oh, so Monica nice. Friend. How's that? I love that. <laughs> oh, that's so kind so, of you. Thank you so much. You can put that out, and then if people use Monica Friend, they can get it with free shipping and half oh price. Goodness. How's that for a deal? Oh, thank you so much. I will absolutely include that in the link, and I'll share that far and wide because I genuinely love this book. I really do. And it did shift so many things for me. And I also reemphasized who I want to be. And what I see in you is what I want to become. And Richard. Well, that's kind of you. Well, it was such an honor to have you on. And I just want to ask you one final question. I'm just interested in, you know, this magnificent life you've led. I mean, you talked about a resume that doesn't matter near as much as the relationships. And that I think is so admirable. What have you learned about yourself lately that might surprise people or even surprised you? <laughs> well, I think, you know, in, in this more reflective state of mind that this book suggests, I think you learn things every day. And mm-hmm. um, I, I think the thing that uh, I'm going to go a little bit spiritual on you here and people can interpret that however they want. I, I feel like the thing I've learned about myself is that I don't have, I was going to say, I don't have all the, I used to think I had all the answers. I now think I have hardly any answers at all. I've, I've come to feel like what I really need is personal inspiration and personal guidance from a higher source and that I can always trust that more than my own conclusion, so to speak. 
Wow, I, that could not be better said. You know, Richard, I am so, so glad that you reached out to me. And I could have talked to you for hours, but thank you very <laughs> much for being on my show. Well, you're sure welcome. And let me just wish you well and wish the best to all of your listeners. And I will say as a parting shot, those of you who do get this book, it's brand new and I would love some feedback. So be sure to let me know what you think and it'll, it'll be helpful to me and uh, it'll be a two way street. Oh, thank you, Richard. If you loved hearing from Richard and want to learn more, get his book, The Happiness Paradigm, for half off and with free shipping with the code MONICAFRIEND in all caps via the link I have for you on the show notes, which you can find at my website aboutprogress.com slash Richard Iyer. And you can also now follow along with Richard and his wife, Linda, and get their weekly parenting and marriage tips on Instagram, and they are at Richard Linda Iyer. I hope this episode gave you the hug and kick in the pants you needed to grow and progress in your life. Want to take your learning to a whole new level? There are three ways. The first is to print off this month's free printable to help track your progress on the theme at hand. You can find that on my website aboutprogress.com slash free. The second way is to join our free and private Facebook group called Work in Progress. I've linked to that in the show notes. There you can receive community, inspiration, and accountability. And lastly, you can share your voice and your words on this show, literally. Our last episode of each month will feature members of this growth-driven community. Here you will share ways that you have worked on your own progress related to the theme. You can share tips that you would like other listeners to know, or even funny stories to help them feel better. Don't be shy. You do have something of value to offer this community. You can find out how to contribute your voice or your words by going to my website aboutprogress.com, click on podcast, and then click on be on the show. I'll see you next time. And until then, remember life is about progress, not perfection. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.